Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. My title for today is End Game. End Game. And I mentioned that last week, and so uh, some started in, well, the Avengers movie, and you need to do this, and you need to do, you know, and I thought, I don't even know what the movie is. I don't even know what it's all about. I, I know nothing about the Avengers. Um, but uh, so, so this is not about the Avengers movie, okay? <laughs> Has nothing to do with the Avengers movie. But Endgame is a term that was developed by chess players, actually. And, and uh, when it, when, in a chess game, when... Um, uh, key pieces were removed or you would get down to just a couple of pieces and all the, all the, uh, the real uh, powerful pieces in the chess game had been removed from the board, then it was said you were in the end game. And uh, the, the strategy began to change at that point. And, uh, you know, I, I began to think about it and I, when the Lord dropped this into my heart that uh, I really wasn't even thinking about that. But, uh, but it really is appropriate because in our world today, it's been in my consciousness for some time now that we are in that last part of, you know, We could go into to a lot of scripture, and we could say that uh, you know God created the heavens and the earth, and that there was a a uh, a six thousand year period of time that that uh, God put man in charge of the earth, and actually a, a seven uh, thousand year period of time. Uh, but but in any case. Uh, the first 4,000 of that between the, the fall of Adam up until Christ came was 4,000 years. Uh, from uh, Christ until today is 2,000 years, so there's 6,000 years. Uh, then from, uh, from the time Jesus returns to this earth, he said he would come back. So from the time Jesus comes back to this earth, the Bible teaches us that he will set up a thousand year reign of peace in which he will, uh, he will reign on the earth and will rule and reign with him. That's what the scripture teaches. The, those that are the followers of Jesus, we will rule and reign with him. And, uh, you know, I'm really not 
dealing with the end times today. I just wanted to set the stage for what we're going to be talking about. And, uh, but he will reign for a thousand years, and, and so that totals to 7,000 years. Then the Bible teaches that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And uh, so with that said, we are down at the end of our 2,000-year period between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. And so we're at the end of that 2,000-year period. The, the age of grace or the age of evangelism, we could say, in, we have been given a, a, a period of time. Now, we don't know the exact day that this will expire, but we know that we are down to the end. And uh, we're, we're in the end time, in the end game. And so our strategy in the end must begin to change. And it must begin to change in order to get the job done that Jesus sent us to do. When Jesus went back to heaven, he had a last-minute staff meeting with his disciples, and he gave them last-minute instructions for what they were to do while he was away. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And, and so uh, he gave us those instructions of what we were to do, and we have spent way too much time as a church doing everything except what he said to do. We've been preaching, but what we've been preaching hasn't been the gospel. Because it hasn't been, gospel means good news. And we've been preaching a lot of things that have not been good news. Praise God. What did Jesus come into this world to do? The Bible said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible said that he came to, to reconcile all things to himself. You see, and we have been given the commission to go and preach the good news. Now, good news is not just about that, you know, you can be saved and are born again and you can spend eternity in heaven as opposed to eternity in hell. And, uh, you know, sometimes we thought that's all there was to the gospel, all there was to the good news. Uh, but you, how many of you think it's pretty good news if you're sick and you hear that Jesus came and he bore your sickness and your disease and your pain in his body so that you don't have to? Anybody think that's good news? It's the good news of Jesus. That's what he came to do. Praise God. How many believe that when he supplies your need, and, and how many believe that's good news? Praise God. You know, when, when, when Jesus became poor so that I, through his poverty, might become rich, that's good news to me. Praise God. And so there is a lot of aspects of the good news, but you know, the Bible also says the wages of sin is death. Now, is that good news? No, that's not good news. But yet we like to preach that sometimes. I mean, you know, some do. They like to preach, well, the wages of sin is death. And if you don't do right, then you're going to, you know. And they like to preach messages like that. However, there's some good news attached to that. If we just finish the story, it all turns out good. 
Praise God. If we'll finish the story, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now we preach the good news. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. No good news there. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Now we've preached the good news. Praise God. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the good news. Praise God. And so we've got to refine our strategy in the end game. Praise God. We've made, uh, we've, we've made this Christian life about a lot of things it was never meant to be about. And we've got to get, you know, uh, some of those things are, they're, they're good things. No problem, you know. But, you know, I, I believe it's a good thing to, to, to live right. How about you? Think that's a good thing? Well, you know, that, that, that's a, it, it's a good thing for us to live right, but, but we need to refine our strategy, and we need to go and see what the Bible says. We need to, to live and function as a church very intentional. Praise God. Very intentionally. You see, we can do a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of things to do. But we need to refine the strategy down to the end game and see what are we going to do to wrap this thing up. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, what did Jesus say to do? You know, the good news, it encompasses a whole lot of things. But here, the reason... Um, Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 4, verse number 8. Now, we all know the story. Most of us know the story. If you don't, go back and read it in Matthew chapter 4. But Jesus was uh, taken into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For, for, for 40 days he was there fasting. And when these days had ended, he was, uh, he was tempted of, of the devil. And... Uh, I want to read verses 8 and 9, and it tells you one of the temptations that Jesus faced at this time. It says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now we know how that Jesus answered that question, or how he answered that that temptation. He said, "It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve." You know, and 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 he answered with the written word of God. It is written. Uh, but but notice here. Says he took him up on a high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Why was that a temptation to Jesus? Why was he tempted by that? You know, was uh, what what was it about that that was a temptation? You know, can is it's not possible. Let me just say this way: it's not possible for you to be tempted with something you have no desire for. 
You know. Um, how many of you, you know, the, there are certain things that you refuse to eat, right? Anybody got those things that you refuse to eat? You know, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's broccoli, maybe it's Brussels sprouts, maybe, it, you know, but it, it, whatever your thing is that you refuse to eat, you may be tempted when you go to the table to overeat. But if that is one of the items on the table, you will never, ever be tempted to overeat on that. All right, any, anybody, you, you hate broccoli. How many, how many broccoli haters do we have out here? Okay. All right, you broccoli haters. You may overeat on steak and mashed potatoes, and dessert, but you will never be tempted to overeat on broccoli. And so you cannot be tempted unless there's some kind of desire there. So why was this a temptation to Jesus? You know, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and their glory, and he said, I'll give this all to you if you'll bow down and worship me. Now, the reason it was a temptation to Jesus is because it was the very thing that Jesus came to get. That's why he came into this world was to restore all the kingdoms of the world back to God. He was here for that purpose. To restore all of the things that have been lost. Let me just, just uh, expound on that. All of the things that had been lost in Adam's fall, Jesus came to restore them back. And so because of that, the kingdoms and the authorities and the glory of all the kingdoms of the earth, they had been lost, and Jesus came that they could be restored. Now, Jesus knew what it was going to take. You know, temptation, let me, I'd like to define temptation like this, that it is a perverted plan by which to fulfill a basic God-given desire. You know, we, we, let's go back to the food again. It is a basic God-given desire to eat. Right? Okay? God gave you that desire. He gave you a desire for good-tasting food. You know, we, we all have things that, you know, that we, we like to eat. That it is not wrong to eat. But it is wrong to overeat. It is wrong to be gluttonous. Okay? That's, that's not a good plan. And so, uh, you know, it is a God-given desire, but... You know, you let a kid eat what they want to, 
They're going to eat candy all day, every day. That's not a good plan. That, that is a perversion of, a, a, little, a, a twist of, you know, uh, of God's plan for food to be nutrition to your body. And so, here's the thing, that God gives us a, a basic desires. And with every desire that He gives, He also gives a plan by which you can fulfill that desire. Jesus had a plan to fulfill that desire to regain all of the kingdoms of the earth. And the plan was, the plan took him through the cross. Now, the plan was not very pleasant. And so why was this a temptation? Because he showed him exactly what he wanted, and he says, I've got an easier way by which you can get that. You just worship me and I'll give it to you. So are, are you following me? But Jesus understood this and he, and, and he responded and resisted that temptation. But, you know, we as a church, just as Jesus had a very specific plan and notice what it was to restore all the kingdoms of the earth. Now, part of Jesus' plan is still going on today. Now, here's the thing. Jesus said, he, he said, you know, he, he, he came that, that all of those things be reconciled to himself. He went to the cross, and he did that part of it, but then he went back to heaven, and he said, now you, we, we've come to phase two of the restoration of all things back to himself. Phase two is, you got to go tell. He, went, he said, I've done my part, and he went back to heaven. He said, now you go tell. Because part of the plan is, it comes through believing. It comes through the influence of the body of Christ. So our primary purpose and our primary plan is, is this that we are to fill the earth with the glory of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. That, you know, here we go in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 26. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The earth is the Lord's. It belongs to Him. And all its fullness... It all belongs to him. And let me say this. He wants it back. He wants it back. And so we thought, as in the church world, we thought our primary purpose was to fill our seats with them. People out there. We thought our primary purpose was to fill our seats with them. But in reality, our primary purpose is to fill the earth with Him. 
Okay? Remember this. We thought our purpose was to fill our chairs with them. But our real purpose is to fill the earth with him, with the glory of the Lord. You see, when we fill the earth with him, we won't have any trouble filling our chairs. You see, when we fill the earth with him, we won't be dealing with situations like we're dealing with in our nation right now. We won't be dealing with those things because we're filling the earth with Him, with His glory, with His influence. And, and the Lord gave me a message, and I don't have time to preach it today. I was going to, but, uh, but I don't have time to preach it to you today. But here's the thing. The Lord began to expound on this word influence. And this word comes from two words that really... The first part of it means in, just like what it sounds like, in, to put something into something. And then the last part of it is where we get our root word, or where we get our English word fluid. In fluid, or fluence. And when you, when you fill up a bucket with water, what are you doing? You are putting fluid into the bucket so you are influencing the bucket when you go to the gas station and you pump gas into your car you are putting fluid into your gas tank so you are influencing your gas tank now the the, the thing about fluid is if i bring a bucket of water into this room and i just pour it out on the floor what's going to happen you know, is it just going to stay in that, you know, I've got a whole bucket of water. Is it just going to stay in a bucket-shaped? No. It's going to begin to flow out, and it's going to begin to find every crack, every low spot, every divot in the floor, every place there is a void. Every place there is a void. And so we are to bring the influence of God into our world. And when you know, the Bible talks about Holy Spirit, and he talks about him in terms of living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He also talks about as the wine of the Holy Spirit. Once again, a fluid. He also speaks of him as the oil of the Holy Spirit. Once again, a fluid. And you and I, here's what the psalmist wrote prophetically. He said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over with what? Fluid. With what? The, the influence of the Holy Spirit. So wherever we go, we are to, there is to be fluid of the Holy Spirit flowing out of us. And that fluid finds every crack, every cranny, every hole, every divot. And it begins to fill it with the influence. What are we doing? We are influencing our world. Praise God. And that's what Jesus 
sent us to do. Praise God. To go into all the world and influence the world with good news. So we're to find every place that there is a void of the life of God. And we're to fill every void with the living water. Every void with the oil. Every void with the wine. Every low spot. Every place that when we find a lack of the love of God, that's where we go to work. Praise God. That's where we're to do what we're supposed to do. That's where we're to be who we're called to be. We are influencers. Praise God. Praise God. You find a situation, you know, maybe in your house, maybe in your home, you, you might find that sometimes there is a lack of the life of God. There may be a lack of the love of God. There may be a lack of the joy of the Lord. All of these aspects of the, you know, we, we can go into our culture, into our society, there, and, and it's easy to find places. It's easy to find the holes. It's easy to find the voids there. But we are called to bring the life of God in fluid form, praise God, into our world to fill every hole, every void. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I've got to wrap this up this morning. It didn't give me very long. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. You get that? Being filled. This is, you see, Jesus said, or, or, or the, the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, he said, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, verse number 19. says, the earnest expectation of the creature eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. When the sons of God are revealed, how are the sons of God going to be revealed? By the influence. Praise God. Praise God. Why is it called on the day of Pentecost? Why, why is it referred to as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out. Once again, he's talking about a fluid. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And that's what he's wanting to do in our world today. He is wanting to pour out his spirit on all flesh. You know, it said Jesus is the answer. Anybody believe Jesus is the answer for the world? Well, then let's be an influence. 
Let's let the life of God go, in, go into your workplace, go into your school, go into your neighborhood. Praise God. Go into your community, your, your, your city. Go. Let's have the life of God flowing in our church. Praise God. Praise God. You see, if we'll do that, if we'll focus on being an influence, you know, our, we're all being influences, but sometimes we're pouring out the wrong thing. You know, let's be sure that we are an influence of the life of God. We are interjecting the Holy Spirit into the... That doesn't make us weird. Doesn't make you weird. You don't have to be weird to be an influence of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. When you love your neighbor as yourself... Is that in, isn't that influence? Isn't that influencing, uh, you know, an influence of the life of God? When you prefer your brother above yourself, isn't that an influence of the life of God? When you say, it, it is, you know, I'm not seeking to please myself. I want to please you. I want to help you. I want to yield to you. I want to give way to you. Isn't that being an influence? Isn't that bringing the life of God into that situation? Praise God. We have been called to be influencers. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm an influencer. Praise God. Praise God. We're called to be influencers. We're called to, you know. But here, here's the thing. There was a song that, that came out in the early 80s, I believe it was. It was called Carry the Water. And it was by uh, Donnie and Reba McGuire. And they, the, the lyric line of the song was, you know, I'm going to carry the water to the desert and stop hauling water to the sea. I'm going to carry the water to the desert and stop hauling water to the sea. You know, we need to be carrying the water to the dry and the barren places. Praise God. Father, we thank you today. We thank you today. For the life of God that is in us. God, I pray today for those under the sound of my voice today. Those that name the name of Christ. Father, that our understanding would be open to see our purpose and what we have been called to do that we are called to bring the life of God into every void of our society into every void in our culture 
Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Father, that our understanding would be open so that we would begin to spot those places and we would begin to see those places where there is a lack of the life of God. Father, that we would begin to realize that what's needed in that situation is the very thing that is on the inside of us. I want you to say this with me. If you're a believer today, I want you to say this with me. Say, Lord, just fill me up to the point that I begin to spill out into every low place, into every void, wherever I may go, that the life of God flowing out of me begins to fill those voids. I want to be an influencer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, until you get filled with His life, you, you can't really be an influencer like what we're talking about. But the good news is, He will fill you right now. You don't have to wait till later. He'll fill you right now. Maybe there's things going on in your life that shouldn't be. He wants to fill you up right now with the life of God. You see, Jesus paid for all of your sins. So he's not waiting for you to make a payment. He's not waiting for you to get good enough. He's not waiting for you to get your act together. You see, because it is His life that fills up those voids in your life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. See, there's only one way. Praise God. If you believe He died on a cross, paid for your sins, and rose again from the dead, you're halfway there. The other half is that you verbally acknowledge that you have made a choice to receive what He has done on your behalf. So right now, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, I want to ask everyone to just pray this together. And if you pray this and you mean it, you mean what you're saying, the life of God will come into you and fill you up. You will be saved. You will be born again. You will become a child of God. Praise God. Let's say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid the penalty for all of my sins. And he rose from the dead so that I could have new life. And Jesus, I open my heart to you right now. Come in and fill me up.
with your life. From this day forward, begin to teach me to know you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love 